Hello everybody, it's that time of the year again. There is dance, drums, dandia and dolls. Yes, it's Tashera. I'm sure you have heard the story of Tashera and Navratri in our previous episodes. But there's one more thing very significant about this day. I have not shared with you before. It's about trees. Yes, on Tashera, in most parts of India, there are some special leaves exchanged as blessings and goodwill. Yes, leaves. In Maharashtra, leaves from the Apta tree are exchanged, pretending it to be gold. And it's called Sona, signifying prosperity and wealth. In other parts of the country, especially in Karnataka, the leaves from a special tree called Shami tree are given as a mark of goodwill or blessing. Well, so what? How does this have a connection to our Mahabharata story? Are you saying that? Of course it does. And it does have a very strong connection to the beginning of the Agnyatavasa or the incognito life of the Pandavas. Yes, it was finally time. The time to forget who they were. Their glory, their bravery, their powers, their identities and their divine lineage. Their wealth and everything that they had earned over the years. Surrender it to time, deceit and greed of his wild and vicious cousins. The beginning of the 13th year of their exile, it was time to decide where they could spend the entire year hiding from the world. They discussed many kingdoms that were friendly towards them and would probably give them shelter without exposing them. But unanimously, there was only one kingdom that everyone agreed would be the safest for them to hide. The Matsya kingdom. Virata, the king of Matsya kingdom, was an enemy of Duryodhana and friendly to Pandavas. They felt it would be the safest to disguise themselves and spend one year in the Virata or the Matsya kingdom. The place was decided but wouldn't those famous celebrity warriors be recognized if they went with their usual appearance? Of course they would. They needed a new look and new names to suit their look. Hmm. What do you think? How easy or difficult would it be for someone to change everything about themselves, not just for a day or two, but for an entire year? Hard to think. Well... Yudhishthira was the first to take the plunge and set the tone. He declared, I will be a courtier or an advisor to the king. I will entertain him with my skills in playing the dice game. <gasps> what an irony. He had lost the dice game and he will be an advisor. Well, what do you think he did all 12 years? He learned the art of the dice game. Yes. Now, he could advise somebody on playing the game. Amazing. Good use of the time, isn't it? All right. 
Yudhishthira wanted to call himself Kanka. Let's see what the others do. Next in the line was Bhima. He said, I will be Vallabha, the royal cook and also a wrestler in the king's court. They all knew how much Bhima loved cooking and eating food. And also he preferred preparing his food himself. Self-help. Bhima's cooking is actually said to be lip-smacking. Sure, he would miss his role after one year. Well, guess it was not so hard for Arjuna. Remember the curse that he had from Urvashi? To be a eunuch? To live like a woman in a man's body? And Indra had instructed Arjuna to use this curse to his benefit at an appropriate time. Yes, this was the appropriate time. Arjuna chose to be a eunuch, dressed as a woman, hiding the scars from his bowstring under his blouse, getting into the princess's chamber as a dance teacher, Brihannala teaching, singing, dancing and instruments. All that he learnt at Indra's palace when he went to get his weapons actually were coming to his help now. You see, nothing goes a waste. Whatever you learn comes to your aid somewhere, sometime in life. What do you think? Then Nakula chose to be the caretaker of the royal horses in the kingdom, calling himself Grantika. And Sahadeva took to the cattle and called himself Tantripala, who was left Draupadi, of course, the most beautiful woman of those times. How would anyone hide her beauty? But Draupadi had a plan. She had decided to serve the Virata queen Sudeshna as a hairdresser, a sirendri as they were called those days. This would help her stay within the protected walls of the palace. Thus, the Pandavas were all set to adorn their new roles and were about to enter the city of Virata. Suddenly, they all remembered. How about their weapons? They couldn't possibly enter the city with their weapons. They would be immediately identified as warriors. They had to hide their weapons. What do you think would be a good place to hide the weapons? Bury them underground? Nope, they didn't think so. They actually chose a tree. Yes. Now can you guess which tree? (laughs) Right. The shami tree. There was a huge, dense shami tree away from the city. Far from the movement of the humans. But most importantly... Near a crematorium, where not many people would visit. That was the ideal place for the weapons. They all put their bows, arrows and all other weapons and tied it with a leather covering. They made it look like a corpse, so that people don't touch it and tied it up on the tree. After the completion of the first year, the Pandavas on the day of Vijayadashami or Dashera, worshipped this tree and took their weapons. That's one of the reasons why the Shami leaves are exchanged or given as blessings on this day, to celebrate a new beginning 
and wishing good luck. Yudhishthira was the first one to enter the palace of King Virata after depositing their weapons. King Virata couldn't believe him to be an ordinary courtier, for Yudhishthira's brilliance and royalty was evident in his speech and also in his look. Yet, the king accepted him as his courtier and offered him all the honours. Slowly, all the Pandavas and Draupadi assumed their positions as planned. They spent their days performing all the chores that were assigned to them, not minding their real status. They chose to serve the king and his kingdom with all humility and as a duty towards their oldest brother, Yudhishthira. It was three months after they had assumed their new roles and there came the annual fest. There were all kinds of competitions and sports tournaments organized. The highlight of the fest was the wrestling match. A strong wrestler had challenged the king to send his best wrestlers. All those who went thumping their chests were dusted and dumped. And so the king had to try his new wrestler, who was also his cook. Yes, Bhima, now called Pallava. Pallava was thrilled, at the same time was hesitant to appear before the public for the fear of being recognized. But the king insisted and also Yudhishthira, now as Kanka, the advisor to the king, requested Bhima to take to the ring. Clad in a black single cloth with oiled and shiny body, Ballava stepped into the ring like a lion. He wore a crimson mask over his face. I'm sure now no one would recognize him. The crowd stood up to cheer him. Jimuta, the wrestler, with just one glance, felt the opponent was not an ordinary wrestler. Yet he challenged to Pallava. He lowered his head like a bison. His usual wild charge, which he used to knock several strong wrestlers. But when he struck Bhima, he felt he hit a rock. <laughs> Bhima did not sway an inch. In a flash, he lifted the wrestler and twirled around twice and flung him down, head first, driving his neck into his thick body, crushing his skull, killing him instantly. There was a moment's silence. Then the crowd ran into the arena and embraced Ballava. People yelled his name and carried him. He managed to free himself and get back to his kitchen to tend to his pots and dishes. What do you think happened next? Duryodhana's spies were trying hard to find the Pandavas. If they were found before they completed the one-year period, they had to be in exile for another 12 years. Devious Duryodhana had spread his spies all over the country to get this task accomplished. Did the wrestling match turn out to be dangerous for Pandavas? Were they able to hide themselves for the whole year? Come back soon to hear the rest of the story. Until then, goodbye.